Hey, welcome back to Rethinking Supply Chain. I'm your host, John Abrams. I'm here with Sean Copeland, who uh, I have known for a few years now, pre-pandemic days, and we met uh, in Vancouver, Canada, because of our shared uh, internet foundational work, uh, uh, much of which Sean is still doing, but I have, uh, I, I have not as deep a connection with the inner workings of the internet as I did back in my media days trying to teach the Chicago Tribune why HTML was important. But, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll leave that aside. Sean, if you can introduce yourself, and then uh, I'm raring to get after a topic you brought up in our last episode. Sure. Uh, my name is Sean Copeland. I am a founder of Boex, and we are a supply-side chain management system with a blockchain edge. Yes, and uh, super cool stuff. Um, and in our last episode, uh, Sean, you did something that I wasn't expecting. So I, our bias, and I, not to speak for you, but I, I, I know you, I think, well enough to assume you share a similar bias to me. My whole adult life, I've been focused or energized by the digital side of things. And you are too, clearly. And we both attack supply chain digitally from different perspectives. But the interesting thing is I always feel a little bad that I'm very focused on optimizing the digital side of supply chain, focused on how a digital attribute, something that describes a product, becomes important or valuable or what have you in the supply chain. And I always feel a little bad that I'm prioritizing the digits over the physical side of a good, a product. And I feel bad because I don't want to get into, uh, it's really hard to unload a container or it's really hard to move a good physically from one point to another. In our last episode, you did something I wasn't expecting. You brought those two things together, the physical side and the digital side. And the way you did it, just to summarize, was you said, hey, if I have all the digital attributes for a product, I can send that to a digital printer and I can print out the good. I want you to talk a little bit more about that. I'm not sure that you intended to intersect the digital with the physical quite as you did, but it would change how malls are perceived. You know, do I actually have to have a digital printer in my house to create a shoe or does some big athletic brand have a really cool printer down at the local mall and I just send my instructions to that printer and it manifests the shoe at the mall. It, the mall doesn't need a truck anymore. It's got the printer. So tell me what you were thinking there and did you expect to bring the physical and the digital together in our last episode or were you just being fun? Um, I, I, it wasn't an expectation at the start of the conversation, <laughs> uh, to be, to be honest. So how serious are you about that? And I, I actually, I actually think it's, it's legitimate. Um, I, I believe, you know, we're, we're not going to have these printers all in our houses because the synthetics to make different products, you're just not going to keep that at your house. Right. Um, so that will change the, the, the shopping experience. I did make a comment to a mutual friend of, of mine that knows uh, the family that owns Maersk. And my comment was, you know, Maersk shouldn't be investing over here in, in what they're doing. They should be investing in 
basically setting up a, a print shop, if you will, mm. um, and, and, and doing that, you know, and, and, and taking that space. Um, you know, it's if if they looked and I think they know uh, based on container weight and they know how much air they ship and the cost of shipping air. It's a term in physical supply chain. Uh, imagine that you have a product, it's in a box, but that box has a percentage of volume that the product doesn't always take up. So you fill it with packing peanuts, you fill it with air, essentially. And so container ships, I, I don't know what the number is, uh, but they ship a lot of air. And that's costly shipping <laughs> because it's taking up space. You just take out, from a Maris perspective, you take out the idea of shipping air because you're not shipping anything anymore. You're you're moving the good into a digital format that can be materialized, literally materialized, in a warehouse, in a store, in a in a place that is not reliant on the excess of shipping air that containers and shipping companies and the physical side of goods have to deal with today. That's a how long is that because this seems to me while it's a fun topic to think about academically, uh, there is some of this going on. Uh, you know, digital printing is taking hold. We're, I'm physically today at 1871, which is in the heart of the city of Chicago. I can walk down the hall. There is a digital manufacturing set of offices on this very floor where they're doing big, high-tech manufacturing using, using printers. Uh, so it, it's not it's not science fiction. It's it's in fact uh, a reality. Neither one of us is going to pivot our businesses away from digital supply chain, which is really affecting, enhancing the physical supply chain. That's what we do today. So neither one of us is going to pivot away from that. But since you brought up the topic, when do you think you would pivot your business into a let's worry about the uh, the printer uh, code? Uh, uh, more than the things you worry about today at the core of your business? Um, to be honest, I have hooks for it. Really? Um, I, I have Seriously? hooks for it. Yes. Wow. Um, and, and the reason being, at the end of the day, you know, people understand a bill of lighting pretty easily. I deal uh, on the other side of international trade, bills of exchange, right? Um, at the end of the day, if you are printing something off of a printer and it's right beside you, a bill of lighting is not going to cut it, um, you know, because you're going to walk out with that product right then and there. A bill of exchange, that's going to give some security that the person that actually gave you that intellectual property is getting paid for what you just printed off. Well, this is interesting. I, I was not expecting that answer. And, and to show you, and this won't surprise you, that we think similar thoughts, uh, I haven't done this at Venzi, but in my last company, uh, I, I did make sure that we had the attributes. There is a specification for how printers ingest that information. But now I feel that I'm behind because, you know, I like to be more on par with where your thoughts are. I'm, I'm probably going to suggest that we make sure we can accommodate those attributes. Here's the other thing about at least my company that makes me feel a little less bad uh, all of a sudden. 
Because my company deals with any attribute, I'm pretty sure that the specifics of the attributes that govern how digital printers work, we can accommodate that. So it's interesting to me that you've built the hooks into your uh, platform. Uh, we haven't expressly done that, but I think we can do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel that, uh, that I'm on par, but I'm shocked that you've built that in. Sorry not to make too much out of it, but that's a pretty advanced thought. And if you're building that in, you're anticipating that that is more real in the near term than not. Yes. Yes. Um, oh. I, I do want to back up for a second, though. I, I do want to make a comment about Venze um, and, and what Venze does in, in, in this, this equation. With an image, we'll say a 3D image of what sure. a product is, right, um, versus what gets printed out. Think about it with, with the, the MEMS online. You know, I ordered this and I got this. Yeah. That people put up all the time, yep. right? What Venze does is permit the person to know that what they see is what they get. Yes. You yeah. know, which actually becomes a lot more important in the digital supply chain um, versus the physical, um, where, you know, it's sort of what I want, you know, it, you know, let's say it's an article of clothing. There, there's such a variation in what a size is, you know, who knows? Whereas when it's, it's much more tailored to you, even done digitally, you know, it's going to look exactly as it should. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, 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 it is. And um, I came across something just the other day. Uh, I complain all the time, and I, I always think I'm the only one complaining about, I didn't know it was going to be the size of a football field, or uh, the opposite, I didn't know it was going to be an inch tall. There is a lot of stuff that I order. If I'm ordering a part in particular, uh, that the size is always a little bit off, and I fault myself. Gee, I couldn't understand what what mm meant or what inch meant. I, I suppose I could, but that's not how we instinctively think when we're buying a product. So yes, we do things with our platform that convey attributes, um, size, image, that a lot of people don't have in their shopping experience today. So we do some really fundamental basic things. But what really rocked me on, on this episode is, is that even though we're addressing some of the fundamentals of how the consumer shops for a product, that you're already thinking in your lifetime uh, we're going to be at a place where digital printers are going to be cranking out product in a useful way. And, and maybe you haven't thought all the way through that. I don't know, but I am blown away that you're building in hooks for, for essentially digital printing of product. That, 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 that's really rocked me because I would think that we would have an academic debate about that not a, well, John, I've already built it into my product. That, that's really interesting to me. It makes me feel like I'm not, I, I'm always accused, I'm a strategy guy, you know that. Um, I'm always accused of, uh, in fact, I remember this from my Tribune days where the CEO left me a note one day and said, it's all about the timing. And, uh, and this was because I, 
I think I was overly zealous about how quickly the internet would take hold. And it didn't happen really as quickly as some of us at the front edge were saying it would. Fundamentally, it did take hold, and it destroyed the business model for Chicago Tribune and, and media companies globally. But the timing is, is a good thing to point out. I wouldn't bet the farm on digital printing. It is going to happen. The timing is important. It's interesting to me from a timing aspect that you're building those hooks in already or you've built them in. I, so I need to rethink timing because if people like you on the leading edge of digital supply chain are building that stuff in, it's going to happen faster than I thought it would. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, re remember from my design, uh, if I put my techie hat on. Yeah, please. You know, I, I, I look at things very modular. So when I started in internet business, if you will, and we were doing payments, we, we looked at each financial institution that we dealt with as its own module going into a centralized database at the time. So to me, adding on a, a module for, for printing is not a big deal. It's not, it's not outside of my design scope. It makes sense. Right. It, so, so, so our software is, is, is built that way. It's designed that way. I get it. It's that, and, and you do think, I mean, you're an internet guy. So you think in terms of, uh, uh, fundamental principles of design that are enduring over a long time. Uh, the internet itself was constructed that way. The reason that we're not talking about another version of the internet 50 years after its introduction is because it was designed with principles that allow it to endure. It's a really, yeah, I won't get into any of this, but uh, it endures. And so it's not surprising to me that you are architecting your business in the same way. What is uh, not trivial to me is that you're building in future things, assuming that it's going to occur in your lifetime. And that's just the timing element of, of the digital supply chain uh, intersected with the physical supply chain that's a time horizon that I wasn't thinking about. I was thinking, well, I'll deal with that as a retiree, and you're not thinking that way. So I, I'm going to revisit uh, the entire idea of the intersection of physical supply chain with digital supply chain in a, in a different way, and I'm going to do that starting today because you have rocked my, my world in terms of, of, of timing on this. And uh, so I want to I wanna thank you for your time. I can't wait to have you back. You are, uh, you are one of my favorites, intellectually stimulating, and uh, really enjoy working with you. Uh, and uh, hope to do that more in the coming year and hope to get you down to Chicago one of these days. So thanks a lot, Sean. Thank you very much. It's good to see you again. And yes, looking very forward to actually doing this, you know, across a, across the table at a bar or a, a coffee shop. I can't wait. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rethinking Supply Chain, sponsored by Venzi. To stay up to date with our latest podcast releases, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. You can also learn more about the podcast at RethinkingSupplyChain.com. Thanks for listening.